In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no off days. You know, time is my enemy. Uh, you know, I don't want to see my kids grow up. And uh, like Cher said, if I could turn back time, if I could find a way, Chris Cato. To prove? But yet some, sometimes things get better with a little bit of time. And I have a feeling that that this podcast here in 2023, it will be our best year yet. This what is a uh, Paso Robles 2018, perhaps. <laughs> like it's, it's aged just enough now where people are going to finally uncork it and, and taste the effervescence of its goodness absolutely effervescence is the word of 2023 was your did you have a great celebration i, I did bringing I, in the new year i did you know well I, new year new year's eve to me is not one of my my fave holidays we had a good time though we bought some we were in alabama so okay. back in god's country and you know what they have there scott they have fireworks in Alabama that you cannot get in Florida. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking some stuff that could be um, gasoline infused, y- things like, that pr- should probably be yeah. uh, illegal, which Mc- it is. McDill has states, a few, I think. We uh, we set off some. Um, we put on a pyrotechnic show that uh, the neighbors are going to be talking about for years. And by neighbors, I mean deer, uh, bear, uh, coyotes. <laughs> like they, they all had a good time. Well, God bless America. Happy 2023 yeah. to everybody. I How think everything, everything feels a little bit better already in 2023. I had a Chick-fil-A sandwich, and um, it tasted better. I don't know if the batter is different in 2023, but I, I certainly feel like that could be the was case. Was that your uh, resolution to have more Chick-fil-A? <laughs> it was to eat more, <laughs> eat less. But if it's going to be uh, eating more, then at least have it be good, right? Better, better. So uh, with that, let's bring in Brian King in the booth. And what a year this year will be, Brian. Uh, you know, it sounds 2023 kind of sounds strange, doesn't it? Not? It does. I mean, it, t- yeah. it takes a while to get to get used to. It, it always does. Is there ever going to be a year where it really, like, out in the distance, that it just sounds rolls off the tongue? Too weird to say. To 20, think of now. 20, I don't know, but the, the 2000s always seemed odd, and then we did. didn't know what to call the 2010s, 2020. You know. Well, I think th- it works though. I mean, it, you're yeah. kind of comfortable, but like 2157. Uh, like, welcome to the 2157 Super Bowl. That's my pin number. Yeah, hey, at least I'll, I'll get my pin number right what is, What's the Roman numeral in 2157? Let's see, we're at 57 now. Uh, a lot of X's. Throw in some L's. X's, V's, yeah. L's. I'm not sure it goes that high. Your 2222 would be fun. Okay. 2222. Yeah. You just yeah. call it quad four deuces. Two, four deuces. Quad deuces. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, with that, did you have a good uh, New Year's celebration, BK? Uh, I did. I did. New Year's is like Cato. It's not one of my top holidays. You but fell asleep at 945, <laughs> didn't you? I did, and then woke up to watch the end of the football game. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, man, right to the ball drop. It was like yeah. kick a, up, ball down. Wild. That yeah. was a great yeah. game. That was a good one. Yeah. All right, what do we got on the big show here uh, today? Tonight we've got a great guest, Ira Kaufman, sage mm. of Tampa Bay sports, will I be joining him. us. Oh, he's awesome. He'll be joining us. We'll get his thoughts on the Bucks as they get ready for their final game. And also, he's the uh, uh, Tampa Bay's only NFL Hall of Fame voter. He is our Hall of Fame rep. He is, and he will be uh, making the case for Rondé Barber. we got to get Rondé Barber in the Hall of Fame. This yeah. is it. Yeah, this has got to be the year. Yeah, I think I, it is. He's I got know Ira feels the pressure of those because he yeah. he presents the case, he makes the speech, and uh, – you know, if, if he doesn't get in, then it's like, oh, what did you do, Ira? You, you must yeah. not have laid out the case correctly. Right. But, you know, he's done this many a time and quite successfully at that. So, Well, how much can he change his argument from one year to, to another, right? I mean, Yeah, I think know. you have to threaten. Threaten, <laughs> violent, threaten violence. <laughs> this 
this is the year. Wow. And Ira, you know, his kind of he's got that accent, you know, yeah. where the his, the threat may kind of land a little bit. Wrap this gold jacket around your neck. <laughs> I'll tell and you see what. what happens. He'll All throw right. out some more proper names along the way. <laughs> identify each one in the uh... exactly. All right, so we got we got big Ira Kaufman on the show, and then at the end, what at we the end, we're going to talk a little bit about the holidays. We're in a kind of a stretch here where we have three holidays in four weeks. Yeah, so, a little too much. Yeah, it is whoa, a little bit. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's good to have time off. But uh, going to see what the fa what people's favorite holidays are. I know found what mine a poll. is. Yeah, I found a poll in it. Uh, I know what yours is. You know, you know mine? <laughs> what do you know about Arbor Day? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, so you found a poll, and this poll is a poll of... It's just going to okay. rank the uh, holidays is okay. what Americans think are the most, their favorite holidays. Hmm. Are, I bet Americans so. like uh, Fourth of July. I bet they like that we'll one. We'll see. It's a yeah. top ten. That seemed to be There's some fairly significant some surprises. No. All right. Okay. Very good. Thanks, BK. We'll catch awesome up with you in just a little bit. Uh, if you are listening and you want to watch, go to fox13news.com slash nodpod. If you're watching, you want to listen or subscribe, zap the QR code on the screen by pointing the camera of your smartphone at it, and it will take you to um, all our shows, essentially frozen in time, uh, like the legendary 80s sitcom Out of This World. But instead of hearing from Evie's alien father talk to you out of a plastic cube, you're going to see other alien life forms like Chris Cato. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait, did you just, what, what's the name of this show? <laughs> out of This World. You don't recall that one? An 80s, no. no. Anyways, let me finish my read here. Okay. So like and subscribe to our audio podcast. We will be eternally in debt. Uh, or at least till 2157. So you don't remember this? You just this, remember they she would pause time, Evie. Uh, no. She would pause time like this and then she would resume time like this. Does anyone else remember this? Yes, everybody yeah, this, does. Okay, everybody Chris on the, the floor. Yes. Okay. I watched good. every 80s sitcom. How did I not it How did was, I miss this? It was well, it was maybe paused was on your this, TV set. Was this Back on your P TiVo? Was this on PBS? Yeah, Is that why I didn't see it? All right, so uh, we talked about it just momentarily the semifinal games uh last week, New Year's Eve, wow. uh, and they now set up uh what is the national championship coming up early this next week and uh, I kind of wanted to get your take on what you saw play out because I think everybody was thinking it's going to be Michigan and it's going to be Georgia. It's going to be a semifinal rematch yeah. of last year, but TCU wanted to crash the party a little bit, and they yeah. did in, in pretty extravagant fashion. Well, if you remember our, in our first episode here back in September, I told you that it would be TCU and Georgia in the national. I'm no, sure you I, did. No, yeah. who, I believe yeah, so. Who Mark saw it. this coming, right? And, and what a great David versus Goliath we now have. But yeah. certainly going into those two games, and you know, I will say that these are this, this was the best two semifinal games we've had in the eight years of the college football playoff yeah, because usually at least one of those semifinal games is a blowout sometimes they both are but boy these these four teams really brought it and you know tcu moved the ball on a michigan defense that was ranked second in the country at the time second only to georgia and of course michigan did help them with two pick sixes but that game unfolded in a way i think very few of us expected a lot of turnovers yeah a lot of turnovers in that game and that is one of the reasons why I, you know, this 12 and a half point spread they have for the Natty. I, I think, I think Georgia could actually top that. I think, I think this could end up being a little bit more of a lopsided affair because Georgia's not a team that's going to turn the ball over like that. I mean, two pick sixes in that game for TCU. There was some short yardage stops, forcing a turnover on downs. Um, they ran the ball for 260 yards. Georgia's defense is not going to allow that horn frog offense to go crazy like that and i and i think that uh, i think georgia probably their little brush with with death there yeah. last week against you know that, that kick doesn't go wide left that, that very wide ready. left yeah it was it was yeah it was, i think it went into some uh, the corner suburb. of yeah. the yeah yeah
So, so I think 12 and a half points. You said the, the as we tape this, the spread is 12 and a half? As we tape, yes. Okay, I'm going to scoop up some TCU points right now then. Really? That's a little disrespect. It is. Well, it's. I think it's disrespect, but don't you think it's honest? Like, you think it's going to be a tighter game? I, I mean, I you obviously would if, you, if you're, you're going to pick the points. Well, you know, and I think TCU was a little undervalued against Michigan. Michigan was favored by eight, and a lot of that was based on what we saw Michigan do to Ohio State in the game before in the Big Ten sure. championship game. And now we see an Ohio State team that moved the ball on that Georgia defense. This is the top-ranked defense in the country. They moved the ball very well. You know, they spread it out outside the outside the hashes. And TCU can do the same thing. So I don't I don't know. Twelve and a half seems seems like a lot. And Georgia did turn the ball over too against once. Yeah, right. But so again, you have yeah. two defensive scores. For TCU in that game, there's a lot of fluky things that kind of took place. That well, even if you take away right. the two defensive scores, they still scored what 38 points. I mean, on a Michigan defense that you know really but, put it. But to even Ohio State. how TCU moved the ball, you know, in terms of that rushing attack, I just you just don't like, think that's I, possible against. Well, Georgia. I don't think I don't think TCU has it in their past game. Not like what we saw out of Ohio State um, last what Saturday night. So yeah, I mean, they, they don't have those the, the same type of elite talent. They don't have the Marvin Harrison Jr. So like. They got one dude, one dude on the outside. I can't, Johnson. He's he's a threat. Yeah. He's he's a problem. I don't know. I, I think that I think that uh, we see close semifinals. This will be the inverse of what we've seen the last couple of years. Uh, it'll be close semifinals, and I think it'll be a little wider wider spread. I Ho think hopefully it's tight. You know, but smells like you and I should wager on this. All right, a little, little side Some action. Deodorant is that what you want? Is it <laughs> <laughs> you're smelling like something? Wager deodorant? Uh, I don't know. You said I don't, it smelled. We could, I guess. All right. So uh, of course, Michigan. Coming close, but no cigar. So what does that mean? Well, Jim Harbaugh's now circulated. His name's being rumored to now want a job in the NFL. He wants he wants out of 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 Ann Arbor. You know, and I, I kind of it's a little shocking. I mean, he's got 25 wins the last two years, a couple of Big Ten titles. He's been right there in the national championship mix. And now, based on a report, let me let me read the exact quote. This is a source, okay, saying that that is close to Jim Harbaugh. I think it's a done deal if he gets an offer. Well. <laughs> He's got and the offer of course there's some qualifiers in there too. It's got to be an offer that that he likes and sets up nicely. It's probably going to give him some say over roster control and whatnot yeah. where he steps into an ideal situation. But there's a couple of programs there in the in the NFL that 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 could be takers. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, they have reportedly had a chat with Mr. Harbaugh mm -hmm. and the Denver Broncos have have inquired about it. You know, the Panthers kind of just get got out of a situation where they picked up the the latest, you know, hot commodity hot out of the college. Didn't quite game. work out. Yeah. And, and they, you know, Matt Rule got canned, and then they went to Steve Wilkes, and I thought Wilkes didn't actually a really good job. Steve and I, I think yeah. that he probably should get a serious consideration from the Panthers to take over next year, especially given that they got rid of like all of their main marquee offensive weapons in the, they gave, in the middle of the season. They and gave yet Wilkes, still, yeah. He still managed to get very close. Yeah. So what are the odds this is Harbaugh doing what he did, I guess, two years ago and saying his people said, oh, he's going to the Minnesota Vikings. And that was just last year. Just last year, right. And, and Michigan comes out and gives him another, what, uh, new five-year contract. <laughs> the chances? Very good. Very, very good. Because right? so that's the oldest play right now. I mean, that's what, the, that's what these coaches do. But. I don't know. You kind man. of feel like this is real, though, that he might actually. I guess look at it this way: because he's been there before, and he's yeah. and he's been and he's succeeded in the at the in the NFL level, and I think that that is appealing. And it's kind of like, well, 
have I have I maxed out my potential here at Michigan? But he is, yeah. That's the question. I think has he? Well, he's won, as you mentioned, two Big Ten championships in a row, beat their arch rival two years in a row, and decided decided decisive fashion, if I can talk, um, Ohio State, and has gone to the college football playoff two years in a row. But he still hasn't reached the top of that mountain, which would be winning a national championship. And you know, part of it, I kind of I feel like he's a Michigan man. Like he, he could be that guy that just you know stays there and and you know becomes Schimbeckler. Well, you know, that would be nice. And, you know, I feel like that's what college football needs. And, you know, guys that that stay and test, you know, the time-tested guys, you know, that that may be passe. That that may be gone now. We may not see those types. But because of the pressure they feel externally and then the desire to, to... land something higher but he's already been to those spots he's done. i mean he's he's, he's played been in a there, super bowl done that. coached in a super bowl he, he's yeah. a, he is a wolverine alum and uh he's currently fourth in michigan wins at 74 not quite shembeckler shembeckler's got almost 200 so you know harbaugh's 59 years well, old another 10 years and he's not going to still sniff bo's record so uh but I, I don't think that's what it's about it's not about coaching wins it's about you know getting getting this program to win a national championship and I think it's evidence is that he's right there. He's on yeah. the doorstep these last couple of years have indicated that. He's gone through that kind of that uh, that tight window of time where it seemed like yeah, he, he was un, not meeting the expectations and maybe he was going to get canned. Right. And so maybe he just wants to control his own destiny being now that he's on the other side of that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think he probably stays. I think you're right in your assumption that, that maybe this is a little bit more of a money grab. Upping the ante for yeah. himself a little. You remember they made him, Michigan made him take like a haircut, like a $4 million cut his salary like a few years ago during that period you mentioned when he wasn't meeting expectations. That'll so. stick in your crawl. It will. Yeah. Could make you want to uh, squeeze him for everything you can. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So um, – in, in, the, in the world of golf, there was an interesting story, and sometimes you get these things of mistaken identity that pop up and, um, you know, where the wrong guy gets pegged for something, and you're exactly. like, well, I didn't commit that crime. It was another guy that <laughs> looks like me and, and was missing that night, and uh, no, no, I was working. Uh, but so there's a gentleman named Scott Stallings. He's a, he's a real estate agent in Georgia, and he happens to be a, a little, you know, golfer on the side. Like we all are. But... Yeah. He received an invitation to play in this year's Masters. Any any guesses on maybe who that invitation was supposed to go to? Well, I can only assume that it was the Scott Stallings that That's has all. qualified for right. the Masters. <laughs> That's on the PGA Tour. Yeah. So so it goes to this guy. And the, the, the real estate agent, Scott Stallings, actually, he, he I mean, I, I think that the golfer lives in Georgia as well. I believe yeah. they live kind of in that same region. They both have the same – their wives have the same name, right. Jennifer. Yeah. I think they're right around the same age. But as he said, as soon as I saw this, I, I knew that they weren't going for me. So he actually did the right thing and direct messaged the Scott Stallings right. and said, hey, I think this is for you. He, he said it was a nice little package, too. But he wrote, this is the Instagram message. I received a FedEx today from the Masters inviting me to play in the Masters tournament April 6th through 9th, 2023. <laughs> I'm 100% sure this is not for me. Right. I play, but wow, nowhere near your level. And then he did the right thing, you know, and uh, – but was it the right thing? Let's play. Yeah, really. Let's what would play you, this what out. Would you what, if, what if the imposter Scott Stallings shows up with this nice packaged invitation yes. to, to Augusta? Wearing like a fake mustache yeah. shows up. And, you know, has his uh, brother-in-law caddying for him yeah. and, and, and decides to, you know, try to qualify or try to make the cut. I think as soon as he gets onto the putting green and starts shaking hands with people and, and he has <laughs> to introduce himself. 
It'll be like, hey, I'm Scott. Scott Stallings. You're not Scott Stallings. But I would have loved to see that. Yeah. You know, like if, if it could, the, the charade have carried on to the first tee. Yeah, he's asked. Could he have gotten yeah. through a practice round, maybe? He asked Rory for a selfie. And it, hey, I've been, uh, <laughs> you remember? We, Total- we played, we, we were partners together. Yeah, totally fanboying out. Yeah. Who's this guy that's taking selfies with all these if you, famous golfers? See, I, I don't know that this could happen to me. There aren't a lot of Chris Catos in the world. Um, there used to actually be one in broadcasting years ago. He and I had to come to terms on who what, was going to use the happened? name. You, you forced him into retirement? He's now Philip Cato. We, we had an understanding. Wow. Um, I gave him a little payola. No, uh, but you have a name, Scott Smith, that I you do. know probably yeah. you have been had a mistaken identity case or two in your time. Or, or 8,000. Yeah. Uh, w- when I came to work at Fox 13, we had a gentleman in our sales department named Scott Smith. Same, so, same and, building. And, and I, yeah. you know, I worked at Fox up in D.C. for years, and we're all kind of we have the same like email address formula and so i would constantly receive emails from him all like stuff i didn't understand and that it's probably meant for you so i would forward it to him and then funny enough years later i would come and work with him and became friends with the guy but down the road the bucks they have a you know their and their team reporter is scott Scott smith so there's there's have you ever replied for that scott smith when you got his email did you ever send a reply were you tempted to yeah, don't ever no. bother me again. Yeah. No, no. Or yes, I would like to give my money to the deposed prince of Nigeria. Where can I find your bank account? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that uh, having a generic name is, uh, you know, it can be good because you can slide into anonymity as well. But um, for Mr. S- Scott Stallings, I- I- that's a pretty unique name, I think. And uh, I think he should have taken advantage of it. Is there an event that you wish you would get an invitation to that, where you would like to try? You know, Well, me at the Masters would be hilarious because yeah. I would chew up that Augusta beautiful <laughs> grass in no time and people would, uh, yeah, it would be a disaster. Yeah. I, I don't know. What's Stallings doing over there in the Azaleas, <laughs> uh, digging his ball out? His yeah. game has taken a precipitous fall. All right. What do you say we talk a little NFL football, Chris? I think that's one of the things we do best. All right. Well, Ozzie Smith was, of course, the wizard, Derek Jeter, the captain, Tom Brady, the goat, and our guest today, simply known as the Sage. We welcome in from Joe Bucks fan, Ira Kaufman, of course, a Hall of Fame representative here in Tampa Bay. Ira, welcome to the program. Great to see you. Happy New Year. What was the what's a New Year's Eve celebration like in the Kaufman household? Well, we had three couples, Scott, and uh, everybody brings a dish and uh, we, we rotate houses and uh and then um, we play a little poker. Scott, oh. you can't win too much. You can't lose too much. We had party favors, a hat, uh, 2023 glasses. I might have to send you a picture, Scott, but uh, don't put it on Twitter. Scott. <laughs> don't put it on Twitter. <laughs> I hope I get a, um, I hope I get an invite to the 2024 uh, festivities. And, it sounds and, like a good time. And, I, and Scott, when uh, they wanted to put the TV on at a quarter to 12, I said, um, <laughs> I, I don't want to see Anderson Cooper. Anybody but Anderson Cooper. <laughs> So, well, uh, we had a, we had a pretty uh, exhilarating college football game too that took us right up to midnight. So, yeah, fantastic, uh, two fantastic games. Right, right. exactly. I re- I know you're a big music buff. Um, so, w- in your car rides, uh, are you uh, are you uh, listening to tunes? Are you are you a sports talk guy or NPR? Or are you just daily affirmations on the way to in, into to work? What what's what are you listening to in the car? Well, Scott, of course I've got serious. Of course, okay, and. Okay. Uh, that's because I'm on with uh, Mad Dog Russo. Yes. Uh, every every Wednesday at five during the football season, Channel 82. Uh, Scott, I got my six or eight <laughs> preset uh, channels. You know, one of them's Mad Dog Radio. Uh, I've got the 50s. I got the 60s. I got Springsteen. Oh yeah. Uh, I got the, I got the Beatles. 
I got underground garage, uh, cl- uh, you know, vinyl, classic vinyl. Um, I'm, I'm a child of the 60s, you know, give me in 70s. Give me a little CCR, uh, yeah. Allman Brothers. I'm, I'm a happy camper. Okay. Yeah, you're well-rounded there. Uh, so if if you could give a soundtrack to the Bucks season, at least to this point, I know the end of the song is not yet played, but what would you, what kind of soundtrack do you think would describe what we've seen with the Bucks this year? No, this is a no-brainer, Smitty. No-brainer. <laughs> the long and winding road. The Beatles. Right. Um, now, Scott, that, that is the track that, uh, for whatever reason, they had Phil Spector messing around with the album. I can't believe they let him into the studio that nut. <laughs> but um, he took he took Paul McCartney's song and he put all these strings on it. And then when McCartney heard the recording, he said, that's awful. Mm. I, I don't want that going out. But that's <laughs> the one that we got, the long and winding road. And it fits the 22 uh, 2022 bucks to a T. Yeah, I mean, I'm almost wondering, though, given the performance last week against Carolina, if, if is Tom Brady doing the rope-a-dope here? I mean, is he just kind of setting this thing up for a playoff run? You know, it's funny, Scott, for a long time this season, and I mean a long time, um, you wouldn't dare say anything bad about number 12. Right. Uh, he was Teflon. He's foolproof. And I look, you and I understand it with that kind of body of work and track record, uh, you know, but Scott, when an offense is scoring 17 points a game, at one point or another, you got to look at the guy under center a, mm. a little bit. And let's face it, he wasn't playing particularly well uh, in, in some games this year down the stretch. And then, Scott, you and I went to Sunday's game. And, boy, he earned all 432 of those yards. He was sharp. And Carolina's defense isn't bad, Scott. That's not a bad defense. Brady looks spectacular. It, it appears that you might need to at least have a safety over the top of Mike Evans. I think that they've learned that lesson the hard way. I mean, but that connection – that connection – it, 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 we saw it last week, and we have not seen that. I mean, Mike Evans, I think he had, what, two 100-yard games prior to last week against Carolina, and he goes off for 200. So, I, I mean, th- seeing that connection, I think, gives Bucks fans a ton of hope as you, as you look toward the playoffs. I think it changes everything, yeah. Scott. I do. Um, I'm not worried about the Buck defense. I think it's I think it's pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, they didn't play well against the Niners. You know, and then they didn't play well against the Chiefs. Um, but that's the Chiefs. And, you know, they didn't play great against the Panthers. But, uh, you know, and the, they made some stops. They made some stops uh, down the stretch. And um, so, to me, it's all about scoring, particularly in the first half. Scott, this team has a lot of trouble in the first half offensively. I mean, they, they're just drab. And it seems like they got to get behind, get that sense of urgency. But. You're right about uh, Evans. God, he went 11 weeks without finding the end zone. That's I mean, that's, that's hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can get this team within, you know, maybe 12 points in the final quarter, it seems like Tom Brady, you know, he's, he can pull off some a little bit of trickery. We've seen that uh, many times throughout his career, and uh, we've seen it many times within the last couple of months of this season. Um, now, you got Atlanta this week. This game means nothing. You wrap up the, the regular season. This is essentially a, a playoff bye for the Bucks as they go into this one. But yet I'm hearing Todd Bowles say that at this point, at least it seems like he's still going to go with some starters this week. Is this a good strategy, Ira? Scott, I, I wrote after uh, Sunday's game. Uh, the game was about an hour old. And one of my points that I made is, uh, you know, Tom Brady said it would bother him. 
not not to play in Atlanta. And I said, I don't care, and neither should Todd Bowles. Uh, that should not be the determination. Trying to avoid a uh, losing season for Brady, that, that doesn't matter to me. What matters is Tom Brady being under center uh, in, in two weeks at home for the playoff game. Now, Scott, you, you and I, we might be on the wrong side of this equation because I was looking at the comments on Joe Buck's fan and – Man, I'm telling you, three never, of the fans, never look at the comments at Joe Buck's fan, first of all. Right, right. And, and it seems like most of the fans and Todd Bowles, right? Scott, you know, early this week said, we're going to treat it like a regular game. And if you're worried about getting hurt, you're in the wrong business. But Scott, you can't move up. You can't move down. Uh, if I'm playing Brady, I'm I, I'm getting him the heck out of there after the first quarter. 17 weeks in the season, though. All of these guys are dealing with something, and the severity is going to fluctuate, right? But I'm thinking if you have anything above, you know, maybe like a hangnail, like you're sitting out week 18 in Atlanta getting ready. I know they're going to talk the talk. Hey, everybody's going to be ready to go. They're not going to sit here the day after, you know, and, and Todd Bowles says, yeah, we're resting every single person. We're going to call up our entire practice squad. I, I get there's a little bit of a game here, but um, – I would not expect much, and if Brady's in there uh, come Sunday against Atlanta, I, I would be hard-pressed to keep him in, but maybe a driver. I would treat, treat this kind of like a preseason game. Um, you know, Scott, uh, yeah. Scott, one more point on, on this Falcons game. Um, and, you know, this is probably a stretch, and I understand that. Uh, but you remember the game here against Atlanta, and, and it ended on a controversial note with Grady Jarrett, and, and, and he got called for roughing the passer. It was a bad call. Yeah. It was not a roughing the passer. Um, Scott, all I'm saying is, you know, Grady Jarrett, he's a, he's a pretty good player yeah. when he's not motivated. Um, yeah. And suppose, I'm telling you, if he if he does something and, and, and Brady gets a twisted knee and I'm Todd Bowles, I can't live with myself at that point. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I mean, this, this team could be set up perfectly. And, it, and it's amazing to look at, uh, you know, in the NFC East, how you have the Cowboys and the Eagles, the Eagles are sitting there with 13 wins, five more than the Bucks have going into week 18, and yet they have to fight and scrap and claw in order to win and wrap up the NFC East. I mean, who's envious of who right now? You're absolutely right, Scott. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of chatter, um, you know, in NFL circles about uh, why, why did the division winners have, have to get that first-round game at home? I mean, shouldn't it just uh, reset and you go by most wins? Scott, in any other division in the NFC, the, the Bucks are four games out of first place, yeah. at least, Scott. So they are very fortunate to be in this wretched division, and it is wretched, Scott. And you know what? I think it's going to be bad for a long time because those teams don't have any quarterbacks. Yeah, I think maybe Bucks fans would uh, appreciate that uh, rule change maybe starting next year, though. Like. <laughs> Not right now. Uh, you know, of, of all the guys that winning an NFC South title means something to, I mean, Brady's won, you know, countless divisions. I think 19 is the number now. Um, you know, all the, a lot of these guys have won together. But I got to think that last week's win against Carolina means the most to Todd Bowles. You think? There's no question for a lot of reasons. Now, Scott, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't think he was in danger of losing his job only because – you know, the Glazers have never fired anybody after one year, and and I don't think they want to start now. Um, and, and I think, you know, if they would have lost to Carolina, Scott, I think I think Leftwich would have been the fall guy. I yeah. mean, you know, I still don't think he's coming back, but there would certainly be no chance that he was coming back. Uh, it, it meant a lot to Bowles. And I'll tell you what, Scott, if, if they, you know, host the Cowboys, and, and, you know, and, and beat them, 
you know, because Dallas's track record, Scott, in the postseason, not very good. You know, this ain't Jimmy Johnson's Cowboys. And um, that Prescott's got a lot to prove. Um, and like Rex Ryan said this morning uh, on one of those talk shows, and he's so right, Scott, who the, who the heck wants to come to Tampa with Tom Brady waiting for him? I mean, you, you just don't. I mean, Brady's the reason this team's dangerous. Brady's the reason that defensive coordinators are up at night. Uh, Todd Bowles knows that. And I think Todd Bowles knows that, hey, let's throw the ball downfield and see what happens. Well, and, and you saw the atmosphere at week 17. I mean, at home, this team has been a better team uh, without question. And even even in this you know, up and down, long and winding road of a season that they've had. But at home, uh, they play uh, they play a little bit better, and they get that juice from that home crowd. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would agree with with Rex's sentiments there. I don't think anybody wants to come and play Tom Brady specifically uh, in his home yard in the playoffs. Uh, last Sunday, we did see the uh, it was the induction of Bruce Arians into the Ring of Honor. Just three seasons as head coach. Can you can you kind of quantify what his impact is though? Because most people would look at hey, three seasons. I mean, that's not a long track record. But uh, what has has Bruce Arians meant to this organization in that short window? Uh, I talked to him about that last week. I asked him what he thought his legacy was, what his main contribution was. He he said it was a culture change, um, and that's usually the case, Scott, when you turn around uh, a franchise that's struggling. Certainly, Tony Dungy. In 1996, it was a culture change. Uh, I don't think this team was as bad, in bad a shape as when Dungy took over. Scott, I think they went 14 years without a playoff uh, uh, at that point. But it was bad. It was bad. And, uh, you know, Dirk Cutter's reign didn't end very well. Um, and the Bucks had a way of finding ways to lose. That's what bad teams do. Um, and, Scott, I always go back. I remember they were 7-7. Seven and seven. Uh, in in uh, Bruce's first year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of a sudden, I think Jameis Winston really had a chance to stay, Scott. And, and who knows what the future would have held if that would have happened. And then he played those two bad games at home. They lost both and finished seven and nine. Uh, but the Glazers were on phase. And then, of course, here comes Brady. Uh, I'd say two things culture change, and maybe most importantly, Scott, let's be honest. He was a big factor, according to number 12, in luring Brady as a free agent. Absolutely. And just for that, Scott, just for that, he belongs in the ring of honor. Yeah, I mean, that was the famed door number two. Let's see who's behind it. And, uh, you know, that's probably the next name that goes up in the ring of honor is Brady, even, you know, whether or not he's, you know, his windows as long as, as Bruce Arians or not, but you know. So I was on Sunday. I was I was talking with a, a mutual friend of ours, Sarah Walsh, who's who's been on the podcast before, and uh, you know, talking about going into that game last week against Carolina, really the lack of attention paid to the fact that this could very well be Tom Brady's last home game at Raymond James Stadium as a member of the Buccaneers, and many people don't didn't really there there wasn't a lot of attention paid to it. At least certainly not as much as last year when it seemed like okay, this could be it. Uh, is there maybe a little cognitive dissonance? People don't want to accept it yet. They don't really – there's an uncertainty about Tim, Tom Brady's future, whether he's going to play, but what else is new? Uh, do you think that – I mean, if you had to kind of guess and look into the old Kaufman crystal ball, what, what do you think uh, Tom Brady does next year? Do you think he's back? Do you think he plays? Does he take his Golden Fox parachute and, and start his broadcasting career? What, what do you think? Scott, I think the fact that the divorce – is finalized 
and not just an object of endless speculation. The fact that it's done, it is done. Uh, I think uh, that Brady might feel a little more liberated in the sense of, mm. of, of keeping his playing career going. Uh, I don't think he wants to end uh, on this note necessarily. Um, and I think he's going to play in 2023. And I think he needed a game like last week to show any remaining skeptics among the owners and general managers that he hasn't uh, lost anything off that arm. I think that's a big, big factor for Brady going forward in terms of attracting suitors. He's got a lot of teams need quarterbacks, a lot of them. But it's a two-way street. Scott, in other words, like, hey, the Indianapolis Colts, they might be interested, but Brady has to be interested in that team, too. Sure. And so I think that chops out about five teams. I think he's going to play, and I, I don't think it'll be in Tampa. You know, a 46-year-old quarterback next year having to learn a new offense, learn new teammates, you know, I don't know. I mean, it seems like if he comes back, you know, I, obviously the 49er story is always kind of dangled out there. You know, they obviously have Trey Lance. They have another guy that they seem to like, too, in Brock Purdy. Uh, but, yeah. but they have quarterbacks – to me, that's the only scenario that really ever made sense as a swan song. Now, we've heard the rumors about Miami and potentially relocating there, but that's you're learning all new pieces. You're, you're starting over again at 46. I just I find that hard to believe, but then again, many of the aspects of Tom Brady's career have been hard to believe. Uh, Miami is, looks a little intriguing to me, Scott. We know what happened the first time around. Uh, that story was true. There was interest. A mutual interest between uh, the Dolphins owner uh, uh, and, and giving Brady a minority stake in the team and bringing in Sean Payton. All, all that stuff's true. What, what I don't believe is that Brady gave an ultimatum to the Glazers, uh, it's me or Bruce Arians. I never, I never believed that story, and I still don't. But the Miami story was true. And, Scott, here, here's the wrinkle in, in the Dolphins. If you asked me a month ago, I would have said, well, Tua has solidified – you know, his position, and they won't be interested in Brady. They got a young stud. And now, Scott, do they? Do yeah. they? They got health concerns. They're, they're stumbling all over the place in, in December. Um, you know, they're, 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 uh, they don't look very good, and neither does the quarterback, and, and, and he's got health issues. So who knows? Maybe they take another run at Sean Payton and Brady. Uh, they got their wrist slapped on it the first time around, but – Scott, doesn't mean that it can't be resurrected. Yeah. He's he's built something here, and, uh, you know, I know Bucks fans, obviously. They'd love to see him, despite and, despite and the struggles. And his kids are in Miami, Scott. Yeah. And his kids yeah. are in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I get that. That's real life, and that intersects with uh, with, with this, his football life as well. All right, looking outside of uh, the NFC South, as, as you look toward the playoffs, what is the, the scariest team in the NFC right now? I mean, the Niners are coming along. Uh, the Vikings seem to have slipped up a little bit. You got the Eagles, and who knows what their quarterback situation is. The Cowboys are still hanging in there. Who's the scariest team in the NFC? I, I think it's the 49ers, John Lynch's 49ers, Scott. Um, and I, I, I thought this a few weeks ago, though. I said, well, you know, Brock Purdy, can he go into Philadelphia Right in the NFC in the NFC title game and beat that team, but Scott, that was when Jalen Hurts was playing, and they have a tremendous offensive line, the Eagles, and they lost one of their best. This guy Lane Johnson, the right tackle, uh, exceptional player, you know, on a par with Tristan Wirfs. He's a veteran, 
Um, and now he's hurt. Uh, it, and it doesn't look like the same Philly team. God, they, they didn't beat the Saints at home. That yeah. surprised me. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't care who's under center. They should beat the Saints. Um, the 49ers look good. Now, their defense didn't show up. That surprised me uh, uh, against uh, the Raiders. They, they had a bad game defensively, but I don't know. I, I like the looks of that team. I like Shanahan as a coach. They've been to the Super Bowl before. They know uh, big games don't phase them. Scott, I, I don't want to play San Francisco right now. No. Yeah, I think maybe uh, you know Jarrett Stidham dialed up their number, right? Um, in yeah. the AFC, uh, you got some behemoths. You know, the, the Bills, of course, are the Bills. The Bengals have just absolutely caught fire and look like the Bengals of last year toward the end. Uh, and then the Chiefs haven't gone anywhere. Who's? How would you? How would you slot that power ranking in the AFC? Well, Scott, I, I followed the Chiefs very closely. Uh, you know, I was a fan when the AFL days, so I, I watched that team. Um, Mahomes is fantastic. There's no question about it. Kelsey's fantastic. Defense is okay. They're special teams, Scott. They're not good. They're not good. The kicker's having a bad year. Butker, normally he's very good. Um, that could be a weak link. I think, Scott, the key is, does Buffalo get that number one seed? Uh, we will see. Um, to me, they're a very driven team. They still haven't gotten over that collapse against the Chiefs uh, in the playoffs, the historic collapse. 13 seconds to hold on. They couldn't do it. Um, Josh Allen, I, I just trust him. He makes mistakes, Scott. Yeah. But he makes a lot of plays, too. Um, I'm, I'm looking for a Bills 49ers Super Bowl. That would be a, a heavyweight match for sure. Uh, got to ask you, is this the year of Rondé? Uh, and I got to tell you, uh, I think it is. I, I think it is. Um, I know Bruce uh, Arian said uh, when he came uh, – into the uh, press room after the halftime ceremony. He said a few things about Rondé. It'd be crazy if he doesn't get in. Right. Um, Scott, I, I know you and I have uh, talked a lot uh, about Hall of Fame uh, inductions over the years. Um, Scott, they called me the closer in, in that room. <laughs> Sal Palantonio was calling me the closer because I had so much early success uh, with Sapp, with Brooks, with Tony Dungy. And then, you know, John Lynch materialized. Eight years, eight years in a row, Scott, making speeches. Different speeches, but speeches for John Lynch. Finally, he got that bust. And here comes Rondé. This is year three as a finalist. Scott, the only thing standing in his way is if uh, guys don't want to put in two cornerbacks. And and I think I think you'd agree with me. Yeah. Darrell Revis is probably going to get in yeah. as, as a first year, even though it's his first year. And Rondé's been waiting. Revis Island, Scott, playing in New York, it all helps. Um, I don't think I don't think it should make a difference whatsoever whether you put in two cornerbacks or not. You judge each guy individually. Rondé's a walking statistic. He made progress last year, Scott. He made the final 10, which he didn't do the first year. He's right on the doorstep of Canton, and I plan to kick him in. Yeah, and I think that this is the year as well. I I, I totally agree. Uh, you might have been the closer early on, but, you know, a true Hall of Famer goes through those struggles, and, and longevity is really a big key part of this, and you certainly <laughs> have that, sir. You are the sage of Tampa sports, and uh, and we appreciate your time and all the wonderful insights, And but we just hope that you're wrong about Tom Brady going to Miami next year. All right. Thank you very much, Ira Kaufman, for your time. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Scotty. <laughs> 
Chris, I forgot to ask Ira if he celebrated Festivus. He, he's a big, big Seinfeld guy. Yeah. Yeah. And what would his feat of strength be, you think? What would he propose for that? Feet of strength? Yeah, wasn't that one of the Festivus components? Like they had the feats of strength, the airing of the grievances, the Festivus pole. Golly, that's good. You know, I, I think that uh, d debating, is that a feat of strength? It is for I him. I think, yeah. yeah. Well, the well, opinion of Ira Kaufman holds a lot of weight, and I appreciate his time and uh, his insights. All right, let's bring in BK. And um, I know you enjoyed that because uh, you are, as well, a fanboy of Ira Kaufman, the sage. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, you teased us off the top of the show with the holidays. And yes. I assume Festivus is not part of that, that, it, that rundown. It did not. I just got to top ten, so it did not make the top ten. It might have been further down. Cato's okay. birthday didn't make the top ten either, which kind of surprised mm, me. Snubbed again. Yeah. yeah but, it, you know, maybe. Maybe next year. All right. Year. So let's, have, let's, let's hear what the These American These are the populace. most popular holidays okay. that voted on. I guess they took some poll or something. And top 10, so let's run through the 6 through 10 and just tell me what you think of these. Okay, coming in at 10 okay. is Halloween, which I think is kind of low. New Year's Eve, which is, you know, people that's about, have given That's about right that. for New yeah. Year's Eve, yeah. Then uh, coming up, uh, MLK Day, Labor Day, and then Father's Day, which I thought was kind of further down, but well, I, maybe I slotted based right. Based on this, we, I, I'm, I'm assuming Mother's Day is above Father's <laughs> Day, which is, you know, I don't know. Father's Day is, uh, it's really just kind of getting the obligatory tie and maybe, you know, like... Being forced the, to the spend time with back. your kids when you'd rather be watching <laughs> golf <laughs> or can, playing For golf. my Father's Day gift, can I just go watch the game, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I did. Halloween seems lower. I mean, Halloween's not one of my favorite holidays, but I, I, I'm shocked from yeah. a national poll that it would be that low. Well, maybe they just interviewed you and yeah, people like was, you. Excuse me. No, that's right I'm I'm, su I'm surprised Halloween's that low. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how Labor Day made the top ten. What what do we have about Labor Day other than getting a day off work? Some of us. I I've just actually know you can't wear white pants after Labor Day, right? I, is well, that the, I broke that rule again. Maybe that's why. Well, oh, how pants. is Labor Day in the top ten at all? Like what? What do we do on Labor Day again? Well, we don't work. Okay. Yeah, but, I've, I've but worked Labor many Day Labor also Days. Serves, I've heard this somewhere. I could be completely wrong on this, but. They put Labor Day for this date because there's no holidays from basically July 4th to Thanksgiving. Oh, it's our bridge holiday. So yeah, they kind of slipped yeah. that in there to. And, I think we know. should start to. We have. We should have a poll. Create a new holiday. Yeah. Yeah. And and where in the calendar should we put it to space out our holidays enough? I don't know. If, look, if the holiday is not centered around food, I, I don't know. I'm not really as down. Yeah. With what it. is your favorite Labor Day food? What is your Labor Day meal? <laughs> well, you know, we yeah. love those, uh, you know, biscuits. We like Chick Fil A, the batter. <laughs> oh, Chick Fil A is closed on Labor Day. Sorry. Everybody and drinks Chick Fil A batter on Labor Day. <laughs> yeah. It's our All tradition. Right. You ready for right. the top five? Hit me with it. Well, All right. Should, number five. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Did you? Christmas. Whoa. No, way yeah. too low. low. Come on. Yes, I'm stunned by that. Okay, number four. Is Scrooge that did this list? Memorial Day. What do we do on Memorial Day? Again. I mean, what, I, I, I mean okay. We, I, I, I appreciate that holiday. I mean, it's a, it's a great holiday, but it's uh, Christmas? Is it because, above Christmas. Is it because Memorial Day is traditionally the kickoff of summer? See, yeah, that's my I, thinking. I think that's it. Okay. But you still, know. way too high. Uh, number three, Mother's Day. 
Oh, yeah. well. Yeah. There's a lot of sorry. moms that were pulled, I think. Sorry, mom, yeah. but yeah. too high. Uh, Father's Day was, what, six? This is, Father's Day was six. This is injustice. And what is great, uh, okay, what is so wonderful about Mother's Day? I know we, we well, should all mothers. Be, but we should Come celebrate on. them every day. Oh, you just Like I do with my mom, oh. Cookie. She, she never goes a day without <laughs> knowing how special she is to me. <laughs> Santa rides her, actually. <laughs> yep. And once again, he's uh, below her on oh, the list boy. there. Oh. All right, number two. Here's top two. Veterans Day. Okay. I mean, I, I, I look, these are great holidays. I, are, I hate to throw them around and rearrange them, but I, I just, I mean, I don't see how I mean, Veterans so, Day, it is significant. So, then, I, so there's no Easter so far. Uh, wow. Who, who, was, no Easter. who was surveyed it's got, here? It's got to be Turkey Day, number one, right? Number one. Let's see it. Boom, Thanksgiving. Okay. Okay. Easter was number 11 after Halloween. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Where is this country going? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's not Including, a good place. Was this survey taken in our country? I don't know. I uh, don't know. It I, was taken, though, around, like, in October. So it may oh. have been some kind of... People have forgotten how great a time they had on Easter. It was just, like, recency bias. It yeah. was, like, the ones that just happened. Boy, that the, Labor Day next, was great. Yeah, man. I think Arbor Day got a lot of votes but didn't get the... Uh, Top ten. Arbor Day. Arbor Day. Yeah. What, what exactly is Arbor Day? That's uh, when we plant, plant a, tree. a tree for your tomorrow. It's John Denver's national holiday, I believe. <laughs> I want the one on that list. I agree with most is no, number one Thanksgiving. I do agree with that one. That is. It is a fun uh, day. That's my number one. What What do you like most about it? Why would you put Thanksgiving above Christmas? Because for me, they're they're right there. I I kind of like I told you before. I like to smush them together. Thank if I could Christmas. just, yeah. if Thank I could have, yeah, everything from from Thanksgiving on into Christmas just be one holiday. Should be, but yeah. what what about Thanksgiving ranks it? Higher? Well, to me, there's uh, there's the thing you mentioned already, which is food. But I also think that, and this is just me personally speaking, I think a lot of the, um, a lot of the values that we want to place on Christmas actually we do express during Thanksgiving. We are forced to actually be thankful and grateful for everything. You know, the good Lord has provided everything we have and it doesn't get caught up in the material stuff. Right. So that's why I like Thanksgiving. Plus the sports are better around Thanksgiving than Christmas. That is true. And I agree with those points. That's right. I mean, with Christmas, what it has is a nostalgia and there's always this idea that, you know, of what Christmas is going to be and what it can be. And I think you're right. Like what it ends up being a lot of times is materialism. You know, you feel like the the compulsion to give and the, the yeah, gifts you and, get all caught up and in how that. many people are going into debt to celebrate Christmas right. to make people feel like they're loved rather than just sitting around a table and sharing a turkey leg. Yeah. And we could do that. And gravy and watching football. We should uh, have well, Thanksgiving did, every day, Chris. Yeah, we Well, we should. Yeah. That, that might hurt our arteries yeah, if we did that, that every yeah, day. My but ideally, Thanksgiving would be so much better if it was like in March or April. What? Yeah. Hmm. Because then you could have the two reasons for families to get together. But because the Thanksgiving, you get the families together. I see. I do agree that it's too close to Christmas. I wish they weren't. Even though I like Scott's idea of rolling them into a six-week-long holiday. It's a holiday holiday sandwich. It's not practical. You squish it all in there. It's good. Like (laughs) the cobbler. Gobbler. (laughs) But still have Detroit playing Chicago in in April. See, that's that's (laughs) another thing. Yeah, that's when they're about as relevant (laughs) as they can ever be. I love the draft. I do love that Thanksgiving, like the the sports. The football. So NFL, you've got that. That's traditional. And then I'm a huge college football fan. So then that's the the Thanksgiving is the Thursday before those big rivalry games. So you're yeah. getting all you're drinking the gravy and getting all juiced up for those. You know what's a, a holiday that doesn't rate high on my list? Not, probably not in my top 
10 because it's usually disappointing. But this year, 2023, I think would could be pretty epic is St. Patrick's Day because this year it falls on March 17th, which is the first round of the NCAA tournament. Okay. So you want to talk about a couple of worlds colliding there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, think about that. Well, that, and that comes, so St. Patty's Day not on that list. And then was 4th of July on that list? 4th of July was not on the list. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. no. If we looked, if yeah, we looked 4th at Yeah, 4th of July is like number three for me. Who responded to the survey? A mom who's a veteran. That was the <laughs> only person who was surveyed. A veteran yeah. mother. <laughs> no, we love 4th of July. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, you know, I think that uh, I think that your sentiments are all right about the holidays that, that matter the most. And the reason they do is, is because it's about family and friends and, and, and feeling gratitude and all that kind of stuff. And, right. um, Valentine's boy, that's, day. That's what it's all about. You're Valentine's a big Valentine's day, day guy. Yeah, where was that on I, the list? You know, it's another one of those holidays where I give my uh, wife a gift that she doesn't like. <laughs> a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. No, Valentine's <laughs> is when you make up for Christmas, right? That's what right. happens. Right. Oh boy. Well, her birthday sandwiched right in between. So these are the months of disappointment. Oh, you know? oh goodness. <laughs> The season of disappointment. I'll make it up to you on Labor Day. Yeah. All right. Let's well, survey his wife for the next for the next let's list. Let's survey his wife. Let's do a, a wife survey. Oh boy, that gets yeah. in trouble. Well, guys, I like our, our kickoff show to 2023, and uh, well, this year will be the year of the holiday too. I think that we'll be able to figure them all out and appreciate each other appropriately. Are we going to see old legs dying again? No, we won't. <laughs> next year. <laughs> all right. To watch full length episodes of this year podcast, head to fox13news.com/nodpod. Or hit that QR code. It's on your screen as we speak. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Get us every week in audio form. And, of course, watch us on the tube. And you can watch the shows on the uh, social media pages as well, Chris Cato. I appreciate it all. I appreciate you. And I'm very thankful for what we've started to build in 2022 and a glorious future ahead in 2023. And I'm going to scoop up those TCU points right now before that line moves. By the way, before we say goodbye... It's a solid T-shirt right there. Yeah, thank you. Very good, very good. All right, until the next time we are on, there are no optimists.